talk. today because we are in lockdown still until Sunday so we just found out the good news that we are going into from level three which is lockdown um, level to level two um, when Sunday comes so that's in two days and yeah it's pretty hot in Auckland at the moment I have my little fan on so if you hear anything that's what it is and the topic today is my experiences of going back to where my parents came from and living there for a year. So for those of you who don't know me, um, if you haven't heard any of my other episodes, my name is Neo and I am in the education sector. And after I graduated from university, I decided to spend my first year um, and teach in the country that my parents are from, which is Tonga. So I went to teach at a girls-only Methodist Christian school called Gwensalote and the connection to it is that it's the school that my mother taught at. So she always dreamed that one of us, her kids, would go back and so-called give back to the motherland and it happened to be me. Um, Everyone was quite surprised because they thought it would be my older sister. My older sister is, is fluent in Tongan and she is quite knowledgeable in our cultural stuff. Um, but we're all born and raised here in New Zealand um, and I am probably the one out of the siblings who struggles the most with the language and the culture. Yeah, so when they found out that I was going to go, everyone was like pretty adamant I wouldn't survive the whole year. They thought I would come back, I would give up and come back before the year was over. But I showed them. So yeah, that's the background of how I ended up living in Tonga. So for those of you who don't know anything about Tonga, I'll just give you a little bit of a background. It is a Pacific island and it is made up of seven islands if I'm correct um, and is, yes it has tropical weather it has a monarchy system and the people there are ethnically Polynesian so yes I am full Polynesian uh, it is a developing country so they don't really have things like um, taxation really you can live you know without paying tax on the land and land gets handed down from family member to the next family member a woman cannot inherit land Uh, I think they've changed it recently but when I was living there um, women still couldn't they could only rent it so you do have a culture that is quite Victorian I describe it um, as you know um, girls are meant to stay at home and be proper and uh, boys are meant to um, learn to provide for their family in some way so yes it, it, the culturally it is very um, Victorian in my eyes and 
yeah, so that's just some background about Tonga for those of you who don't know anything about Tonga. Some famous Tongans around the world. Uh, well, um, Jonah Lomu, he fam- was a famous All Blacks player. He is Tongan. Uh, the um, Kiwi athlete um, Stephen Adams, who's now playing basketball in America. I wouldn't describe him as Kiwi though, because he is more known for his um, work in America. And Valerie Adams is a really famous uh, Kiwi Tongan athlete here. So yeah. when I moved over I'd been a professional student up till then <laughs> I already I yeah completed a couple of degrees and um, yeah initially it was it was okay because my mum came over with me so like I said our culture is quite Victorian so um, my mum coming over wasn't seen you know as something that was weird like treating me like a kid that's what is expected of her to do even though I was quite old when I went it was yeah so having my mum there she came in to settle me in I was um, living at the boarding school there and the boarding school there is basically yeah um, it's made of cement and it has bars on it so you guys can imagine what it might remind me of. I used to um, tell my family back, back here that it's um, I'm living in prison break because that was the time when prison break was, um, you know, running and quite well known. But yeah, uh, it was a girls only school. Like I said, very, um, it's, a, it's a church school. So they really believe in trying to live you know, without, with the minimal that you need. So poverty is kind of something that's um, encouraged, kind of. Like, you don't want to be extravagant. So the school had the bare minimum. Yeah, so I had to use, like, blackboard and chalk, which was interesting, um, considering that here in New Zealand, you never see a school that uses that and yeah it was just it was good because my mother came with me um and just helped me um understand certain things um because like I said I've just been raised here in New Zealand and even though my mum brought us up to be very Tongan here it's still within a Kiwi context so going to Tonga it's like a full-on Tongan style everything you know um so I, I, I wasn't really thrown in the deep end because I had support to settle in. So yeah, so I just um, ended up living at the boarding school. And it was pretty alright. I mean, it is kind of a cultural shock because you have to do things like um, bath out of a bucket. I remember getting... Um, um, like food poison is expected when you first get there because in my how I explain it is your immune system's getting used to um, <laughs> the challenges that come with living in a developing country um, hot water is a luxury you don't have many houses you have hot water when I was living there at least 
you get used to cold water even though the weather can get as cold as here in New Zealand you, I, I just remember just learning to just you know throw water on me and get out as quickly as I could but yeah um, I think I was a bit shocked at how developed it actually was there were cafes there uh, and there were bars there and I don't think I thought would have them there which is really condescending of me before I left but initially it was okay um yeah okay so the next question I'm going to answer or the topic I'm going to talk about is what helped me while I was living in Tonga what helped me survive not survive that's sad you didn't survive in Tonga it's a paradise um but what helped me um live happily there um I think mosquito coils (laughs) was the first thing that comes to mind (laughs) mosquito coils in any kind of hot country they're your lifesavers so they were just like a normal part of my life like buying the green ones um definitely making friends I found like I did have um, so I kind of got um, (laughs) bullied (laughs) by my fellow teachers Um, because there's that whole thing of like with Tongan born Tongans they see you as there's a whole lot of things that go on there and um, that's for another episode of a podcast but yeah there's a whole certain dynamic and I think it's it's the same with any other indigenous people we have people who have grown up in westernized countries and those who have stayed and you know grown up in the the country of origin is there's a dynamic there and it's a it can it it is like a you against us kind of thing where you know they think they're better than us because they know the culture and we think we're better than them because we're more westernized and advanced um, whatever but yeah so I I wasn't so even though they were cool to me they would do snarky things and because I struggle with the language they gave me a nickname because I would always mispronounce or like missay some Tongan words and they gave me a nickname based on that which is hilarious um, looking back it's funny but when you're there and you are not in your comfort zone you're not you're not you don't think it's funny okay but yeah um, luckily I had my cousin who was a teacher with me and she kind of she's New Zealand raised and born I believe so she came, became kind of ally at work but yeah making friends helped me making my American Peace Corps friends who are my friends up to this day um, were bonded by our experience in Tonga and you know I've gone to the weddings uh, still keep in contact with them one of them moved here because she married a Kiwi Tongan so I have nephews here now because I've had kids uh, yeah making friends definitely helped me um, while I was there mm, also um, my sister sent over a series of 30 Rock um, you know um, CDs like the series that, and I had a laptop so I I would watch them while I'm there and if you don't know about 30 Rock it's hilarious so you know having something that would give me that would make me laugh helped me in the times when it was really hard 
and what else helped me I think just knowing that I was there only for a year you know people have asked me why didn't I just stay there or why didn't I just make it two years but I always knew that I'm just gonna stay there for a year because you don't earn any money while you're working in Tonga like you earn something but it's it's not you know enough for you to like save for a future so um yeah I so knowing that there was a time limit helped me (laughs) so through the bad times I was always like you know at the end of this year I'm going home so that's fine so yeah the idea of home never changed for me you know and people ask me why don't you just like marry someone from there excuse me if I am if Kiwi guys can't even handle me or make sense of me what do you think I am to island born guys I'm a freaking alien you know I'm just too way 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 too weird for them so no I'd already had you know I already knew that because that's what ha- that is what happens often is that New Zealand born Tongan girls go there to teach and they fall in love and you know it's a fairy tale but I already knew I'm like I'm way too weird for any um, Tongan born guy I did hang around with this half Korean guy um, who's Catholic but yeah we like it was it was just you know mates um, but yeah I already knew that I wasn't going to live there and I think it's cause I did ask myself this question because uh, there is a lot of things we can do to help Tonga but I was thinking I think the way I am and my purpose is um, meant for here in New Zealand I think I think I don't know enough to really implement change or to help the community in Tonga. There are just so many layers to the reality in Tonga that I can never understand because I wasn't born and raised there. I'm not saying that it's the case for everyone else, but for me personally, I just thought the way I am, the way I think, if I'm going to help a community, it's going to be in New Zealand. So I already knew that I wasn't going to live there. Will I go back to there? Of course, I went back to there for our grandfather's 90th. And it was awesome to go there, go back with my sisters. Because the whole year I was in Tonga, I was by myself. Of course, with extended family. But um, yeah, I will always love Tonga. And I will always... I think that's that's one of the positive things of living there is that it made me comfortable. I can just go there and it'll be sweet whereas if I hadn't lived there I think every trip would be a major adjustment but yeah Tonga's definitely it feels it felt a bit more like home because I had stayed there for an extended period of time just speak on what were some of the most memorable moments a lot of them have to do with my time living at the boarding school so yeah like I described before it's a very um, you know no frills kind of place (laughs) that's the most polite way to put it Uh, we used to have like um, the kitchen was outside there used to be like a huge cauldron and each of the um 
the you know gr- the girls were put in rooms and each room had a turn to cook dinner and the other room would have cleaned the toilet and etc it was like summer it was like summer camp but for the whole year and yeah the kitchen that the teachers would eat in was still like pretty raggedy and you just see cats running around the benches and the floor and the student culture in Tonga is very similar to what I've heard um, as a student culture in Asian countries because my friends have taught there where the students serve the teachers and you know the students clean the school and etc etc so the students cooked our dinner and I would be sitting at the table while the students would cook and you know the cats had like previously been running around and I would see the students like drop accidentally a piece of chicken and they just pick it up and put in the pot and my family know that I am like the biggest um, hygiene freak because growing up I used to get sick really easily so but you know the whole year I lived in Tonga I did not get sick so it's all about the mind because I used to think if I got sick it was my immune system's fault for being so weak so I had that in my mind because uh, yeah so I ate that I ate ate that um, soup after that you know use the chicken on floor to make it we used to have um, a cement water tank so water tanks are big in Tonga because you can't drink the water from the tap it's not clean enough and I, they used to just leave a cup lying around by the by the tap at the water tank and I remember like I said the whole time I was there I was trying to blend in so whatever my colleagues who were born there like suggested I do I do it because I wasn't there to you know be all princess like and so my colleagues would just pick up this cup that'd be lying by the tank and fill it up and give it to me and of course you know my normal reaction would be like hell no I am not going to drink out of the cup I do not know where it's been but because you know I was like neo um Tongan immersion version um yeah I drank out of it and I was fine the whole year so that is um yeah so just like those memories um stand out so yeah like i mentioned the school was really no frills and these tongans are really superstitious so we would have (laughs) it'd be normal for girls to have like demon possessed like be possessed and so like because it's a church school you'd get the minister to come in and pray with them but I was just like it's, they're not possessed they're just malnourished man they just haven't had any sleep because of course the girls will wake up all night um, you know the facilities weren't the best so yeah they were all going like it was like a, quite a common thing for the girls to just start you know um, acting like they were possessed but from I keep saying if they're not possessed they're just malnourished we just need to feed them better food but of course, they weren't going to listen to me because I was the foreigner. Uh, yeah, so I remember that. I remember traveling around with my friends, um, just having fun with my American Peace Corps friends. Yeah, because um, the American Peace Corps would have like these parties and I'd join in, <laughs> which I wasn't supposed to because I was a teacher at this, the church school. I'm supposed to act like a nun. But um, yeah, I always use the excuse, you know, I'm from New Zealand. So yeah, these are some of the things that I remember from my time in Tonga.
I miss about living in Tonga? Well, the first thing that comes to mind is I miss being isolated. <laughs> I miss being not aware of what's going on in the world around me. Don't get me wrong, Tonga does have internet. It is fairly developed, but it's way more easy to just block everything out. The internet, when I was living there at least, was still, you know, you had to go to an internet cafe. And yeah, it was, you still had to pay for internet. It's probably changed now because that was years ago, but I mean, you also had the reality of it being an island, so it was way more easy to just not be aware of what's going on. I remember when I was living there, yeah, I would just make it to the internet cafe like once a week, I think, and then I would catch up on all the things that were going on at, back here in New Zealand or with the family, and my family would be shocked that I didn't know about it, but it's like, it's course I wouldn't know about it because internet is so hard to connect to and you're just on an island so yeah I miss the feeling of I guess with that comes peace you know Uh, time stands still when you're um, living in a on a pacific island which Tonga is basically and yeah I just miss things being a bit more simple while I was living there Another thing that I miss is um, having the ocean right there. So in Tonga, especially where I lived at the school, you just had to walk a couple of, you know, meters, kilometers. Um, And then, not kilometers, meters. And then the ocean would be right there. So the ocean was like right next to the city. And I don't know if it's because I am Polynesian, but when I see the ocean, I feel at peace. When I see the ocean, life seems okay seems good so yeah and not and it wasn't only in that situation where i could see the ocean you know i could easily travel on a boat to an outer island and just enjoy nature so yes nothing that i miss is just being so close to nature especially um the ocean another thing that i miss is family so I don't um the grandparent that I have left alive on my dad's side is actually my father's mother's brother. And culturally, as I've explained before, Tongan culture is quite Victorian. We are brothers look after the sisters and you know, with that comes like girls have to be very proper and stay at home, etc. And the only grandparent I have left alive on my dad's side um, is my father's uncle, as I explained. And I used to spend Sundays with him. So I really enjoy hanging out with people who are either older or younger than me. (laughs) For some reason, I don't really... I mean, I do hang out with people my own age, but I really love hanging out with people who are older because... I love history and I feel it I just feel like there's so much wisdom you can learn from people who are older than you I think it might also have to do with the fact that I'm named after my mother's mum so I'm named after my grandmother and I grew up very close to her so I really love um, hanging out with my elders and hearing their stories and learning from their history 
yeah sometimes I don't have much time for people my own age which doesn't help me in terms of my dating life but I just feel like you know I love kids which is a given because I'm quite maternal but I also love hanging out with my elders so yeah I miss hanging out with my grandfather and I used to spend Sundays with him and you know just getting him to I videoed him um, saying our family tree and finding out that one of my ancestors stood up to a corrupt um, minister he came from overseas and that an ancestor was executed for doing so just knowing that the activism that I have within me is probably genetic <laughs> That was really special because that that I like it. I've I think um like with my dad, he doesn't really we don't grow up with him telling much us much about his childhood. He's uh, he, like he's a comedian by nature, and with our mother, she, we learned so much from her because she's very open about the, her family history and um that's the type of person she is. She's way more serious than my father, but with her, our father, he's a comedian. So whenever we'd ask him to talk about his childhood, he'd say something like. I was a prince of Tonga and your mother begged me to marry her, etc, etc. So I didn't grow up knowing much about my father's uh, family. So moving to Tonga and spending time with my grandfather, I was able to learn so much about my father's history and that meant a lot to me. Um, so yeah, definitely um, miss hanging out with my grandfather and with my family in Tonga, my auntie. So these are basically things I miss about living in Tonga. So the last question for this episode that I'm going to talk on. I don't know why I'm saying question. It's not like someone else is asking me. I'm just... I would say, okay, the last topic I'm going to talk about is how was the experience of me um, going back to my motherland? How did it affect my worldview about, you know, other people? So the fact is I'm very grateful that even though I'm born and raised in New Zealand, I have a country that I can go back to where my identity is edified and where my people have some kind of autonomy and I know for many indigenous people around the world they don't have that luxury whether it be people in um, you know have like South Africans who have their, their land has been so turned upside down by foreigners or um, African Americans who were taken from various parts of Africa and then you know had their identities intentionally stripped away from them that they can't even trace their ancestry back to their ancestral lands or it be the aboriginals who um, are made to forced to live in um, and oppressed in their own land and, and even Māori you know in New Zealand who have to have a bicultural, not bicultural, but have to share this land with Pākehā. Uh, it made me grateful that I had, that Tonga is just Tonga, for, and it's run by Tongans, at least for the moment. Um, 
yeah it, it I know that 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 a lot of indigenous people don't have that luxury and me moving back to Tonga and living there for a year the benefit of it is indescribable for me uh, I I'm deeply rooted in my identity as a Tongan and I feel very blessed that I have had the opportunity to do so and my heart breaks for people around the world indigenous people around the world who will never have that chance you know it shows in um, during the Black Lives Matter movement when I would discuss things online with black people and they would talk black people who are against Black Lives Matter and they would describe black culture as being um, ne- very negative you know, because in my mind, black culture is positive. It's the civil rights movements, Maya Angelou's poems, etc., etc. But for them, they would just really talk about being African American culturally as like the worst thing. Like it's all about you know um, violence and um, degradation and the breakdown of family unit. And to me, that's that is a sign of you know, white suprem- the effect that white supremacy has had on, on black people that they can't even see the beauty in who they are that they would define themselves by the low, their lowest common denominator and even with the Māori here, with my students I remember trying to speak um, te reo, which is the Māori language, what we call the Māori language and I had some of my Māori students going um, Miss, why are you speaking te reo? This is New Zealand, you should speak English that is how um, detrimental the effects of coloniza- colonization has had on indigenous people around the world. And the fact that I have the luxury to go back to my motherland and where my language is edified and where my culture is celebrated in the purest form is, is something that I don't take lightly. And it makes me want to um, push for a world where um, indigenous people who can't do so understand that that's the reality that they live in and and encourages them to find solutions for that you know because a lot of them can't even figure out why why their identity is so scattered and those of us who are in the position like I am with you know having um, a motherland so to speak to go back to we need to understand that too that um, that going back to a place where your people have autonomy is very very special and I mean at, at the end of the day it's everyone's personal choice but I would believe I think that if I have kids one day um, Tonga would be somewhere where they would regularly go to or they would be comfortable um, associating with and they'll know the culture and everything so yeah my experience taught me that there's so much beauty um, in the land that I come from it taught me about there's so many stories that I need to learn and I need to appreciate and um, it made me want the same thing for other indigenous people and it, it makes me want to um, 
champion indig indigenous people knowing who they are and where they come from so yeah so uh, that's the end of my podcast episode I hope you guys enjoyed it and please tune in for our next episode of You Talk Too Much Talk, talk, talk.